0: Yo, this is Teresa Weatherspoon, better known as Teaspoon, and you're watching Real Fans, Real Talk.
1: Uh huh. This is Real Fans, Real Talk. Real fans, real talk. We as real as you thought. Real fans.
0: What's really good, and welcome back to another collaboration episode of the Sanchez Show and Real Fans, Real Talk. As always, I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, aka Legend of Two Games. I got the big homie with me, Anthony Jones, aka Trip Young. Trip, how you doing today, bro?
1: I'm good, man. I'm 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 ready for the playoffs, man. My, you see you see you seen King James come back, right? You see the comeback. You seen the alley oop. It's, it's about that time. It's time to get that repeat ready, man. The
0: king is officially back. Uh he looked good. He, he looked springy. He he was he was <laughs> elevating and, and throwing him down. <laughs> yeah. Um Crazy, it is May 16th. It is the last day of the NBA season. The playing tournament starts two days from now, but we're getting playoff level, level basketball already because we got some teams trying to position themselves for seating. We got the playing teams who are trying to figure out who they might be matching up with, but we got to start first and foremost with an appreciation and recognition of the legends. Yesterday, we got the official Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Probably one of the most high profile Hall of Fame classes you'll ever see, highlighted by Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, but then we also got the news that Paul Pierce, Ben Wallace, uh, Chris Bosh uh, will also be joining them as well. And shout out to Chris longtime too. Nick announcer Mike Green, and, and uh, Chris Weber. Sorry, I, I can't forget Chris Webb. He's in that class as well. Trip, as you saw some of the festivities go down yesterday, what were your thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean, well, you know, obviously the elephant in the room, Kobe's no longer with us. Rest in peace again to Kobe, rest in peace to Gigi. Um you know so that one was it was it was tough you know even as someone who's not a kobe fan but respects what kobe has done throughout his career you know this is this is one of those moments where you know you you'd love to see that player get his just due you know you got different moments like you don't want to win the when 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 the um the championship and then you got to leave right before y'all get y'all get the ring, the trophy at the end of the game. Certain things you want to be there for. This is one of those accolades where, you know, I want to hear, you know, I wanted to hear what Michael Jordan had to say at his Hall of Fame speech. I wanted to hear what Allen Iverson had to say, Shaq, and guys that I that I loved growing up uh, you know, playing this game of basketball. I wanted to hear those guys give that acceptance speech and just hear what some of the mindset and and who influenced them, who taught them you know, who they taught. I wanted to hear all of that stuff. Like I listened to Kevin Garnett, I listened to pretty much his entire um, speech, you know, and and I loved that. That was a moment for me because I was such a huge Kevin Garnett fan. Same thing with with, with Tim Duncan. Hearing him pay homage to 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 Greg Popovich during his speech. You know, I, I like I I live for those moments, especially with Duncan, because you know I've told this story before on the show. You know, my my cousin, my older cousins in Saint Croix, they built the basketball court that Tim Duncan learned how to play basketball on. So that's that's a moment for me. So I, you know, just to see those guys. So I know for all of the Kobe fans out there, you know, yeah, it was they, he was honored and they, and and it was done very well. But you wanted to see Kobe in that moment. You know what I mean? You wanted to hear him give that speech. My cousin, who's probably one of the biggest Kobe fans I know, you know, he was like he didn't even want to watch it because it just it wasn't the same. Yeah,
0: um, it was it was one of those things I was I was a little torn on whether I wanted to watch it as well, as you mentioned, because of all the memories, you know, um, we still talk about Kobe and, and we still miss Kobe because it's still fresh in our minds. You know, it's just over a year since his past since his passing. And, you know, we, we are we, a little bit. We've been robbed a, a little bit of, of what was the next stage in his life because he was supposed to be not only one of the great ambassadors of the game, but now be able to just receive his flowers for all the great things he did in the game. You know, he never hid the fact that he wanted to be recognized as one of the all time greats of the game. He took on that challenge. He always openly talked about accepting that challenge of, of trying to become the next Michael Jordan and cement his legacy with all those greats. And now we don't get the opportunity, like you said, to hear the speech and to see him put on the jacket around the other greats that he tried to chase throughout his career. So you know, it's, it's bittersweet. Um, I, I think, again, it's one of the greatest Hall of Fame classes we will ever see. Yeah, I'm sure at some point, you know, there'll be another class that'll come close to this. But when you look at the amount of star power, obviously headlined by Kobe, KG and Tim Duncan. But we're talking about 13 total championships won between the guys that were inducted in. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about over 17 NBA finals appearances. You know, it is truly one of the greatest classes of all time. Uh, ben Wallace brings in the defensive factors, a four-time defensive player of the year, but you got KG with his MVP. You got Tim Duncan with his MVP. You got Kobe with his MVP and all the finals and all the things they did for the game uh, to elevate the game. Uh, they were the era after Michael Jordan, and they carried the, tr- the torch very well for the league and put it in position where it's at today. So it was bittersweet, but congratulations to those
1: guys nonetheless. Absolutely. 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 Um... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm it, it was a good thing, you know, because it's always because you know as much as we miss out on Kobe, we still gotta pay homage because those other brothers. We, you know, we talk about Tim Duncan as being the greatest power forward of all time. We talk about Kevin Garnett as being one of the greatest to ever play this game, you know, on, on both sides of the basketball. So, you know, we st- we still gotta give them their just due, even while we feel the loss of Kobe. From this this award ceremony, but we still got to give those guys they just do and that's the thing that that kind of you know and I hope it doesn't for them take away a little bit just because you know Kobe not being there and you know with you know the loss and what that what that kind of means you know so I hope they, they don't feel slighted at all just because again this is their moment too they they earned this moment just as much as Kobe Bryant did it's just that you know unfortunately he wasn't able to be here with us.
0: Absolutely, man. Um, let's let's transition. We're going to keep it all the way. NBA, as we mentioned, we know teams are trying to fight for seeding right now, so we don't have the official matchups of who's playing who. The Knicks actually just wrapped up their game, so they're officially the fourth seed in the East. Uh, it'll be determined later today who they're facing. Obviously, the Lakers have a big game today as they try to see if they can get up to the sixth seed or if they will be in a playing game uh, Wiz, Charlotte Golden State. A lot of movement going on, Trip. Do you remember a season where we came down to the last week and we had this much movement and this much uncertainty in terms of matchups for the playoffs?
1: No, just because one. Well, I mean, we've only had the play-in tournament from last year, and it wasn't like this. Like now, we're we're actually going to experience the 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 play-in tournament as as it was meant to be. Um, I th- I don't I I don't think as you know I don't think the Lakers are going to be in the play-in tournament. As much as that was a speculation over the last couple of weeks, um, I you know you know we kind of spoke about it a little bit before the game. Uh, Denver has to play to win today because they want to keep the third seed. They don't want to lose the lose lose that third seed and drop back down to fourth and give the, the edge back to the Clippers. And you know so they they're gonna play and obviously they have Portland who's very hot right now. But I don't I, I just don't think that they're gonna be able to to knock off the Nuggets in this last game. Um, So I think it's going to be Portland in the playing tournament with the Lakers wind up uh, going sixth and, you know, and ultimately playing Denver in the first round. And then, you know, Portland, I I do believe Portland will be either seventh or eighth, you know, give or take. Um, But then they'll wind up playing either either Utah or Phoenix, just, you know, Mm -hmm. depends on on who goes where, how, how the tournament plays out.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the play in tournament, I think, has been a success um, in terms of creating that excitement for the final week of the season, which is what we're seeing right now. But it will be interesting from a strategic standpoint to see what coaches do, because you're right. Denver, if you if you want to hold that third spot, you got to win. However, if they win. And allow then Lakers to get to the sixth spot, that becomes your first round matchup.
1: Yeah, And
0: so you're a Denver team without your second best scorer I don't know if you want that matchup really I don't know if that's one of those that you want to deal with at that at that point um on the flip side of that if you lose or let's say you don't give it your all today and you do slide to the fourth spot you're looking at a matchup with Dallas and Luka so it doesn't get much easier either way like I don't know if you want to play a series against Luka because we saw the type of trouble Luka gave the Clippers last year in the first round matchup as well yeah so you know I don't I don't know if you Take your foot off the gas a little bit and say, look, we'll avoid LeBron in the first round and take our chance with Luka. Or do you want to go into the season on a high note saying, no, we won that game and we're the third seed and we got to play whoever comes to us. Nonetheless, it will be very interesting on the east side of things. There's some things that still need to be worked out. Obviously, Brooklyn and Milwaukee are kind of battling for that number two seed. Philly looks like they hold the edge right now and they're expected to win today to hold on to the number one. But speaking of Brooklyn, there were some comments made by Kyrie yesterday that a lot of people didn't like. And I want to start off by saying I don't think they were controversial. I I, I applaud Kyrie for his courage and being an outspoken athlete, especially at this time where players are told to just shut up and dribble. Uh-huh. And I know it must be tough for him to express his thoughts on how he really feels about things. So Tripp, when you heard the comments he made about not being solely focused on basketball right now because of everything else that's going on in the world, what was your immediate thoughts?
1: Uh, I mean... Just because of last year and how things kind of went last year, and, we you know, we spoke about Kyrie so much during that time and everything that, you know, was going on that summer with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything, you know, with, uh, with, with, with George Floyd and, you know, all of that stuff that was going on, it didn't surprise me um, that he would feel that way. Um, but... It's just, it's, I think the timing is just so, obviously it just happened. So, it's, you know, it's not like we can control these things and, it was, and when when things like this happen, you know what I mean? But it's just that because we're about to go on a playoff run, um, you know, people are already talking about the Nets defense, their lack of chemistry because everybody wasn't able to play together, um, but for a handful of games this season, and they are going to need everybody to be on the same page and everybody focused on basketball and winning the championship. So, you know, this thing happens, and it's like I get it, you know, because it's like this is another tragedy that we have to deal with. Um, I'm a, I, I Obviously, you know, this doesn't affect me in the same way as the things that were going down this past summer because that's here. You know what I mean in the United States where where we live, so I don't know if that if personally, if it was me, if that would have been that much of a distraction to me if I'm Kyrie in this situation. Um, but you know what? Who am I to say how Kyrie feels? You know, in regards to the situation. Um, you know, but are, are you willing? To, is it like? Do you want to retire and just start going into philanthropy work? Like, what do you? What is? What's going on here? What is it?
0: Uh Again, I think it's tough and I think it's courageous of him. The only thing I will say is that and and you make a valid point in terms of the NBA and the basketball side of things. Right. If I'm in that front office, if I'm in that locker room or if I'm a part of that coaching staff, I think I would prefer Kyrie to just, you know what? Have that discussion amongst the people that you truly love, that you truly trust and don't share every thought with the rest of the world, because, you know, Fair or unfair, when you're a public figure, you leave yourself open to all types of criticism. And by making these comments, though, I don't think there was anything wrong with the comments. What you do is you create a distraction for the other guys on the team. Because the first time that Kyrie has an off night in the playoffs, reporters are going to ask his teammates, do you think Kyrie's fully engaged? Do you think he's fully locked in? Right. And again, we know that's completely unfair, but that's the nature of the business. We know that when you allow other people to think there's some sort of distraction and that's what's stopping you from executing and playing at the the highest level that you've always shown in the past. Well, it's gotta be because his mind is on other things. It's gotta be because his mind Mm -hmm. is on Palestine and what's going on over there. Right. That's, that would be my only gripe with it. Other than that, again, I I salute, I I salute him. Um, I think Kyrie has done some wonderful things behind the scenes and I'll openly admit, I know I've been critical of him in the past, but the, the, the efforts that he's put into the black community over the last year and a half, I applaud him for that. You know, getting a house for George Floyd's family, all the money he's put into, to, you know, to different organizations the foundations. I salute him for that. And I hope that this doesn't become one of those things where now he becomes our public whipping boy because we want to criticize Kyrie now because he's not fully engaged or he's not fully focused on basketball.
1: Well, that's again, and that, that's why you know, going back to, to what I was saying earlier, you know, there's there's going to be something else that comes up. You, you know what I mean? There's going to be another terrorist attack. There's going to be another. Unfortunately, this is you know what I mean. This is, but this is this is how the world works. There's going to, I mean, since it's not like after uh, Derek Chauvin, you know, was 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 found guilty. There's not been any type of police brutality or any kind of anything since then because there has been. You see what I'm saying? So, So now it comes down to, all right, if you really feel like you cannot focus if basketball is not your number one priority, if you're too focused on these things, then maybe you do need to step away from the game and say, all right, you know what, I'm going to focus all of my efforts on trying to better the world. Because other than that, you know, now, like you said, Eric, now it's now you cause issues for your teammates at the worst possible time. Because, again, like you said, the first time you have a bad game, don't let them lose two games in a row in the playoffs. All of that is going to start to come right back up. So now it becomes a distraction again. And Kyrie's already been a distraction for pretty much every team he's been on. He's been a distraction and it was like all right we just now getting we about to lock in we looking like the favorites to win the championship we got Harden back Durant is back everything is good we getting ready to go into this thing full throttle and there's a very good chance that we can win a championship which you know as 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 much as i am for Kyrie feeling the way he feels and and you want to do something we got to we got to also look at the, the business of basketball. If everything that happens is going to going to take that priority away, then you don't need to be playing basketball anymore. You need to focus on how you can change the world for the better.
0: Yeah. And, and that's why I say. I, I don't know. It, it, it's it's a fine line. Like, I don't know what any advice anybody could give Kyrie other than you don't need to share your thoughts and opinions with everyone. Right. Yeah. It's It's not for everyone to know. It's not for everyone to understand. And so I don't want to. I, I never want to make it sound like we're criticizing him for feeling the way he feels. That's a legitimate concern for a lot of people, not just those that are over in Israel and Palestine. It, it's a legitimate concern for people all over the world. And for this young man, obviously, it's weighing on him. But it might have been a better situation for him to just say, I'd rather just speak to somebody that I'm close to. Maybe I'll, I'll speak to the team chaplain or somebody to kind of get this off my chest, as opposed to sharing it with the media. And as we both highlighted, creating a distraction for the rest of the team, because there are other guys on the team who probably are not thinking about what's taking place, you know, in the middle East. And now they they've now getting thrown to the forefront of having an answer for Kyrie. It'll be, it'll be something to watch as the playoffs play out and hopefully it doesn't become a distraction. That's what we can really say on it, man. Yeah. Exactly. Um, some other basketball news: Marv Albert, the legend, is hanging it up this season. Um, he said that's it. He's calling it a career, man. Uh, one of the legendary voices of the game. I always remember him for calling Nick games. He's a he's a New York legend himself because he comes from our hometown as well. What do you what do What are your thoughts on that trip?
1: That's my guy, man. You know, I, first of all, you know, Mar, Marv Albert has pretty much done everything right. Outside of that one little, you know, disparity that we probably I don't want to even bring up right now, but outside of that one little thing, you know, where where he, you know, he he kind of he pulled the Tyson, but on a different part of the anatomy. But outside of that, Marv Albert is the man. I love uh, having Marv Albert commentate and and talk during the games. Like he's one of those guys that we've listened to and we've watched. God, since we was kids, bro. Like that's that's how long Marv Albert has been calling these NBA games. Like I remember being a, a kid and hearing him, you know, calling basketball games. So, you know, listen, he's had an, a hell of a career. His his career in broadcast journalism can rival anybody's. Um, you know, he's 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 one he's one of those guys, you know, for me, like I, I got I got Marv Albert as far as, you know, just you know, guys that do the, the commentary stuff. He's like one. Of, he's one of the top guys. He got to be. He got to be top five, maybe even top three. Of you know what I mean? Like he's he's been doing it for so long. Um, he's definitely going to be missed.
0: Yeah, he's definitely one of the most recognized voice in all of sports. Um, doesn't matter if you're not a huge NBA fan, you know who Marv Albert is. Yeah. So we definitely wish him well, and and you know as he retires from the NBA and moves on to some other things, and hopefully he's just kicking back and and chilling. Uh, but in terms of that one incident, like I said, that we're not going to name it. Did. From that came uh, a classic camera line as well.
1: Oh, that's uh, right. Turns,
0: yeah. So, but we'll leave it at that, man. Um, also, before we transition over to some NFL talk, because the schedule just came out this past week, we got a shout out. It looks like uh, the great Michael Jordan will be making a cameo in Space Jam 2. Obviously, everyone knows him as the star of Space Jam 1, but Space Jam 2 now with LeBron, uh, he'll be in there. It'll be interesting to see where they, where they bring him in, right?
1: Yep, absolutely. I'm actually, I, I like it, man. I, I love it because you got, you know, you got, you got MJ now coming back and LeBron. Like he, he, MJ started this thing, I kind of thought you sh- you should have had MJ anyway, Excuse me. <clears throat> at some point in in the movie, just you know to maybe pass the torch or whatever to, to to LeBron because he started the whole space gym you know thing, and then now LeBron is coming again. Um, I don't. I don't think we'll see another Space Jam movie for for some time after this one because I think you got to have that 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 little bit of a, of a gap in between. And I think only a certain level of athlete can actually play in that Space Jam movie. Um, but I like it, man. I'm I'm I am so excited about seeing this movie, man. Like I, I'm really like on my big kid stuff right now because i have been wanting to see this once i found out lebron was going to be in it i already knew i was going to see this movie but now as we start to see the trailers and clips and finding out who's in it now i'm like super excited about it so this is just like now the icing on the cake
0: yeah it's a dope way to to pay homage to mike um and recognize the first one obviously and like i said I'm, i'm interested to see how he'll be featured in the movie um I don't think it's a a lengthy part, I think it's probably a cameo. But it might be, like you said, one of those situations of him kind of passing the torch. Or maybe he gives the scouting report on the Monstars since he had the face in the first time. And now he gives Braun the scouting report or something. But it'll be it'll be something for us to keep an eye on. Let's get into some NFL talk, man. This past Wednesday, though, the uh, NFL released their official schedule. Obviously, a lot is being made already of the I believe it's the week four matchup. Tampa going to New England. Yes. Tom Brady's dad has already come out and said we expect to go up there and handle our business and stay undefeated. So he he's expecting them to at least run run through the first month of that schedule. Yes. Uh what what games did you notice or, or what were you paying attention to when you saw the schedule come out?
1: I mean, I was mostly focusing on the on the Giants schedule and when I was, looked at the Giants schedule, I kind of thought I was like, you know, what the Giants have a very winnable schedule. Like, you know, they could probably start off at like 8 and 2 if like if if thing, if all things go right just the matchups that they have in those like those first uh, 10 games I thought that the Giants would would actually do like very well um this season because again everybody that they play out of the um the, the the first 10 games that they have I think there was only two matchups I think it was the uh was the the Chiefs matchup I think it was that that came early um no, it was, the, yeah, it was the Chiefs and the Rams. I thought that those were the two games where I'm like, all right, those did, you know, I don't know. I, I can't say that out to, I'll pick the Giants to win those, those two games. But outside of that, Denver to start the season off, then Washington followed by Atlanta. Then they go on the road to face the Saints and the Cowboys. Saints without Drew Brees. I don't know how good they're going to be going into this season just because now we know there ain't no Drew Brees coming, coming back. It's pretty much gonna be either J- uh, Jameis Winston, um, or Taysom Hill at quarterback. So I'm like, you know what, the Giants could possibly win that one. I think they could beat Dallas. The Rams game is I think, you know, that's where they probably I, I feel like they would take their first L. I think they could beat Carolina. Um the Chiefs on the road, obviously that's I do not I don't I don't think they, they win that game. And then uh, and then Las Vegas after that. So I thought they could actually start the season off looking really well. Um and then overall as far as like you know, tough games. The only the only games that really on the Giants' schedule that stuck out to, to where I was like, all right, they're probably gonna lose those games. Are the the Rams game, the Chiefs game that I just spoke about, um, and and then the, and the Tampa Bay game, and even with the Tampa Bay game, you know the Giants looked really good against Tampa Bay this past season when they played them. They played them really well. Only you know. I, I think it was a field goal or something like that that really separated the, the two teams at the end of that game. So I'm actually confident going into that one. But if you know, if I want to, if you want to just say the three games where I feel like, all right, the Giants will probably lose, I would give you those three games. Other than that, I really like the Giants schedule. I think they can actually win a division and and do well this year.
0: Yeah. So the, the Giants on paper um, have How, improved their talent. of course say that again health
1: permitting of course
0: health permitting yes but on paper they've improved their talent from last year where last year I think they exceeded expectations I believe to start the season Vegas had them uh, had their total win number somewhere at about five uh, where they exceeded that number and so they're expected to be in that range of teams that can get to seven eight possibly nine wins obviously it's a 17 game schedule so it's a little different outlook than in years past but I agree with you. I think that the start of the season for the Giants could be key. If, if the talent meshes the way that we expect it to, uh, there's no reason that this team can't start off the season four and two through their first six games and put themselves in position to p- compete for the division. Um, right now, from what I've seen, it uh, looks like the Washington football team is favored to win the division, but then the Cowboys and the Giants are kind of both not too far behind them pretty much. Yeah. So the Giants have an opportunity Um, obviously in terms of games that I saw on the schedule that stuck out, we know the Tampa game, obviously, um, some of those NFC East games I'm paying attention to. Um, but then the Packers and Chiefs, they play right at the beginning of November. I think that'll be an interesting one to watch. There's also a game in early, um, October. That's a Sunday night game between the Colts and Baltimore two good playoff teams. I think that'll be one that's pretty interesting to watch as well. So it's, I expect it to be another great NFL season. Um, there was some, you know, backlash over the 17th game, but I think now that everybody sees the schedule and the excitement starts to intensify, I think everyone's going to like having that extra week of football. And again, the same way we're seeing how the playing game has affected the end of the basketball season, that 17th game will have a big impact on who makes the playoffs in the NFL.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm just excited for football to come back now. Uh, this is, you Absolutely. know once you get that well I've been playing so much Madden lately I, I said <laughs> I was gonna stop after um, after the draft but I just haven't been able to stop playing Madden then the schedules came out so now I'm like extra hyped up about about football this season so I, I actually can't wait um, I also I think the Ravens uh, I, I went to their schedule as well I think they have a really good schedule as, as well I think they, they'll be back at the uh, you know another year at the top of the AFC um, I'm just I, I really hope that this kid uh, Rashawn, uh Bateman Hands out. I think he will. I think he's actually going to be a pretty good wide receiver um, for Baltimore. And I think they have one of those schedules. I'm still holding out hope though. Like I really want them to to, to go after Julio Jones. I think that if they and because right now I think they're talking about Julio Jones value being at like around a second round pick. And if that's the case, and your Baltimore, and all you got to do is give up a second round pick for Julio Jones you better go out and get Julio Jones because he is a guy that can put that team over the hump and get them to a Super Bowl and possibly to a a win at the Super Bowl.
0: It'll be tough. We talked about Julio. Um, I don't have uh, the Ravens' cap number in front of me, but to absorb his contract, it, it may take some moving around. Aside from the pick, you may have to figure out what non-guaranteed money you can cut off the roster to make them fit. But I, I fully think Atlanta's keeping him. I, I really haven't bought into the narrative that they're trying to move him. Well, I they, think have, once they, they have
1: to for, for for salary cap reasons. They're going to have to. I mean, I guess I'm sure they could they, probably try to figure something out, but it's a lot of money that they'd have to, to make up for.
0: So the, the thinking that they, I don't think they have to get rid of him. I, I think that's a little bit of a false narrative. And here's why, because as we talked about the timing of when you get rid of him, doesn't allow you to make any of the roster moves, right? You're talking about having to probably get rid of him after June 1st so that it isn't such a big cap hit. Yeah. So now that's dead cap money. That's not like any – there's not like you're dropping him and now I'm able to use this money on someone else. Um, I also don't think getting a second-round pick from the Ravens would be the same as getting a second-round f- pick and I'm just throwing a team out there like from the Jets, right? The yeah. Jets' second-round pick is almost the equivalent of a, of a first The Ravens are picking late in the second round, so you're not getting the same type of talent with that second round pick from them. I think, though, Atlanta, once they restructured Matt Ryan's deal, they basically were saying that we're going to go all in at least for one more season, possibly even two. I think with the new head coach, Arthur Smith, and everything he loves to do off the play-action game, he's going to want these weapons at least for one season. If it doesn't work or they get off to a bad start, maybe that talk picks up again. But I just think the timing of his contract makes it too tough to trade him and get Good value because, again, you weren't able to trade them before this uh, draft and to get a second round pick next year from a team like Baltimore or let's say Green Bay or any other contender for that matter. I don't know if I would be too excited about a second round pick. But that's something we'll have to keep an eye on. Something else that's going on in the NFL right now, uh, there's, they're allowing the players to be maskless on the sideline as long as they've been vaccinated. That's something that we see that's moving through the country as a whole. And it looks like the NFL is trying to get back to business as usual as well on that.
1: Yeah, I I think that's that's really what it is, Um, because that also signifies more fans will be allowed into the stands um, as people continue to get vaccinated throughout the country. Um, So, yeah, I think that's that's just that's what it is. But I think it's a good sign.
0: Absolutely. Good sign. We're progressing in the right direction. And also talking about a good sign possibly the greatest quarterback the game has ever seen at least according to skip Bayless, tim tebow is back
1: okay because i thought i was wondering i was wondering where he was going with that but then you said skip Bayless. so it could still have been tom brady but okay tim tebow yes yeah, so all he does is yes win win win
0: yeah according to skip Bayless, tim tebow is the GOAT but he won't be coming back at quarterback he'll be coming back as a tight end we know the connection with Urban Meyer. There's already been rumblings that some of the guys in the locker room aren't too thrilled about it. I'm not thrilled about it. Tripp, I could already see it in your face. You're not thrilled about it. At all. What What does Tebow bring to the Jaguars at this point after being out of the game for 10 years? And oh, by the way, he's never played tight end.
1: Um. Okay. So first, you mean to tell me, we literally, we're, we're about a week out of the NFL draft. Um. You know, I'm, there was definitely this players that didn't get didn't get drafted who are, are fresh, young talent. You mean to tell me none of them could get a shot before Tim Tebow got called back to play tight end? Of all, not even like you was calling him back. You needed a backup quarterback, and you want him to go back. So you want him to go to, to play a position he's never played before, and he's going to get a roster spot over a young cat or even a veteran that's been in the league. You know what I mean? That that has actually been active in playing football, he's taking up a roster spot. It's no wonder. It doesn't surprise me that half the team doesn't want want, want Tim Tebow. They are, or at least had an issue with Tim Tebow coming back because it. who is Tim Tebow? As far as the NFL goes, respectfully, I put a lot of respect on his college career and what he was able to do in college, uh, two-time national champion, Heisman uh, award winner. Damn, homie, in high school you was the man, homie. <laughs> what happened to you? You don't have that, that that level of respect amongst your NFL peers because you did not do anything. You got one playoff win, Oh, whoop the damn do and that was it. What else, what else did Tim Tebow do? But the best thing Tim Tebow did was bounce around team to team. Other than that, he didn't have – even the years that – the year that he went to the playoffs with the Steelers – I'm assuming with the Broncos and they beat the Steelers. They won that one playoff game. It's not like he threw for 4,500 yards and 40 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. He didn't have no crazy stats or anything like that. you, you won, you won games. You led your team to victory. You did, you didn't, you didn't turn the ball over. You managed the game well because it wasn't like you was throwing for 400 yards a week and, and, and three, four touchdowns every week and really carrying the team. You also had. You know they had Denver's had a, a really good defense for some time now, so you, you know what I'm saying it was it was it was a full team thing. But outside of that, with like why if I'm if I'm if I'm a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars and we're coming off of one of the worst seasons in franchise history, why am I getting excited because you brought in Tim Tebow to play tight end for us? I I don't get it. Maybe you got some insight that I'm not knowing, Eric, that he's going to come back and it's going to be like the second coming of Jesus when he gets on the field. I don't know. But I'm not with it. I'm sorry.
0: Well, uh, again, according to Skip Bayless, and Skip Bayless should, he made a comment that was so ridiculous, he should just be suspended on Fox Sports. I'm serious. He made a comment, a statement where he, where he mentioned Tim Tebow as a blocker would be better than shannon sharp now shannon sharp is a hall of fame tight end shannon sharp played tight end his whole career shannon sharp has blocked for some of the best running backs in the game terrell davis um uh what what was the kid that you used to have in baltimore jamal lewis Lewis. right shannon sharp is not just a pass catcher he's a blocker so to even insinuate that tim tebow would be that level of blocker is, is ridiculous but
1: I, I would have walked off the stage if I was Shannon. Yeah, so Shannon. That, Shannon oh, just
0: oh. laughed in his face, and, and Shannon was like, "I." He was like, "You can call <laughs> any of the Hall of Famers I played. When I ask him how good I was as a blocker." <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, for somebody like Skip Bayless who's never played nothing, anything more than touch football, how yeah. dare you say he he would be a better blocker than Shannon? You, you really but there's a couple layers here, right? So the first part, like you said, if you're Jacksonville, why should you be excited? You shouldn't. You you absolutely shouldn't. All right. Let's let's get right to it. The the reason that the Jacksonville Jaguars think this is a good move is purely for PR. They're a struggling franchise who just drafted the face of their franchise. They've never had a face of their franchise before this. They finally have one now. But what Tim Tebow brings is a familiar face to that region. His college days in Florida, he's beloved down there in that area. And so him coming in, even though he may only play 10 to 15 snaps a game, because he's not going to be the starting tight end. Let's not get it confused. He's not the starting uh, tight end. Uh, at least I would hope not.
1: <laughs> case.
0: I might have to look at their roster again. Yeah. But he he's not penciled in to be the starter. I don't even think he's penciled in to be the second tight end. He might be more of the third tight end slash fullback. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. that's used on bigger packages. Pause. But he is a guy who we got to always throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sure, we got to throw that out there. But he's a guy who's a familiar face to the region. And so they're hoping that this entice his fans to buy tickets on the flip side of it
1: he's the fourth string um just so you know he's the fourth they got him listed as the fourth string he Uh, might as well
0: be the long snapper yeah but on the flip side of that if you're a player in that jacksonville jaguar uh locker room the reason you're not excited or thrilled about it is like you said i have no connection to this dude the dude ain't played in 10 years if 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 i'm one of them 22 or 23 year old rookies or young guys on that team i probably never even seen tim tebow play When he was playing, I was still in middle school, right? So there is no excitement. There is no, oh my God, Tebow's coming in. He's not going to help the team other than being a situational blocker. And so there shouldn't be any hype around this. I'm disgusted by certain reporters who are trying to justify this. I heard Rex Ryan trying to justify it. To me, I think it's super corny that we're trying to justify that. Meanwhile, there were other athletes and, and I'm not trying to make this a race thing. I'm saying purely athletes, who were better at their position? Who had better NFL careers? Who had to basically shuck shucking job to get a job? Like,
1: yeah.
0: we're not even talking Kyle Kaepernick situation because we know that's a different situation. He ended up suing the league. How long did Des Bryant have to wait to get a job?
1: Yeah, and and, and it it's definitely hasn't been ten years since his last game from when he was signed right last season. Right. So, like Des Des Bryant, he, he actually has a right. good resume. He actually has a resume.
0: Des Bryant was a multiple-time pro bowler who lingered around for two years before a team gave him an opportunity.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? So, and I'm only using Des because... That's a perfect Dez example, have, bro.
1: That's a perfect right? example.
0: Des didn't have off-field issues. He got injured in a game, missed some time, and then it was like teams didn't want to sign him. But yet, yeah, you're willing to sign Tim Tebow to play a position he's never played before?
1: Yeah.
0: After not playing football for 10 years...
1: Come on, bro. So I got to so give. Listen, yeah, I, I don't, I, to, ticket sales can't be. You know, I I think Trevor Lawrence is enough to, to 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 fill the seats anyway. Like you have your franchise quarterback who is a star of the future. You don't have to bring in a washed up uh Tim Tebow to try to play fourth string tight end for you. I'm I'm sorry. Um, you know, but listen, he he just he does not have the resume. If you was gonna tell me. If she was going to go get somebody that hasn't played in 10 years, I'd be like, oh, you about to bring Randy Moss back? Because I'm all for that. (laughs) He might be able to get out there and still do some things. But if the last showing that you had when you were playing football at a completely different position was bad, what makes you think any any part of me is going to believe that you're about to come back and play a brand new position and it's going to be amazing? I'm sorry, I can't see it happening. I, I don't see it happening. Um, you know, you mentioned 10 to 15 snaps. Is he even going to get that? Th- this might solely be a PR slash nepotism, even though technically Tebow and Urban Meyer aren't related. But I I think that would still qualify under the nepotism category because that's the only way I could see somebody bringing in Tim Tebow to play a a completely different position after 10 years of not playing a game in the National Football League. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. And so and and just to keep to that position, right? Tight end, like you said, the Giants just signed Kelvin Benjamin, who was once a receiver, but obviously he's been a little out of shape and he bulked up and he played tight end. Yes. That's completely understandable. That's a guy who knows the position because he played outside of that position. He understands what he needs to do at that position. Now, if the Giants were signing Calvin Benjamin to go play middle linebacker, we would <laughs> all be going crazy. Like, yes. why?
1: What are you doing? Why is
0: he playing? Right. He's never played that position. But yet, we're supposed to be excited about an ex-quarterback who wasn't even that good at quarterback.
1: Yeah. So now he's going to be great at tight end. i like... I us like how does that how does that work? So we just go from quarterback to to we go from quarterback to playing uh minor league baseball to playing tight end in the NFL again. Okay, I, let's see how this one works out, guys.
0: Yeah, and shout out shout out there was a I can't think of his name now, but he he put a meme out and said Tim Tebow is the adult version of a make a wish kid. He uh <laughs> He got he got the opportunity to play quarterback in the NFL, even though he couldn't throw. They got the opportunity to go play baseball, even though he can't play baseball. And now he's getting the opportunity to be a tight end, even though he can't play tight end. So shout out to that dude. It was funny when I saw it, man. Um, Let's get into a little bit of baseball news, man. We talked about it last week. Our pool host, definitely first bat at Hall of Fame. We wondered if he would get picked up. It didn't take long. He got picked up. Uh, The Dodgers are bringing him in. Um, more than likely coming off the bench, but again, he's a he's a powerful back coming off the bench who can give you some production when he plays. What are your thoughts on Albert staying on the West Coast?
1: Um, I mean, listen, I I like the this. It's a move that I felt like should have happened. Like if if he was going to sign with another team, we we spoke about this. It's like either either you're gonna ring chase, you're gonna home run chase. It's gonna be it's gonna be one or the other. I don't see. Pujols, going to I didn't see him going to a bottom of the barrel team. I only saw him going to a playoff team. Um he was the one that was adamant about playing first base and playing, you know, on it on the daily. We were actually talking about, you know, me more specifically, him going somewhere and just playing D H just to get that home run record and move on. Um but the move to go to, to the Dodgers because their first baseman is one of the top guys in the league. So I'm like, all right, this is solely about ring chasing. Like he wants to get another ring, and the Dodgers are the best team right now coming off of winning. The the World Series is the best place for him to be to get a ring. This has nothing to do with him chasing a home run record because you're still in, in the National League. So you're not getting at bats like that. So, you know, so it's gonna be even harder for you. That's why I said it would have been better had you, excuse me, had you gone to the American League and played and played DH, and then you know what I'm saying, because you would at least you would have got those at bats. You wouldn't have to worry about playing defense. You know what I'm saying, unless you were playing against a National League team, and in which case they probably would have just scratched you from the lineup for the, those those games that you're playing in the National League, and, and there's no um, no DH. But yeah, this is strictly a a a rain chase move hands down
0: and yeah, i'm not it, mad at it yeah at i'm i'm not either um and that's what it appears to be um i was a little shocked from that standpoint like you said about you know chasing a ring because he, he's got two um and i don't think he needs another one to kind of cement his legacy it's, his legacy is what it is the 700 home runs i think would probably do more for his legacy than adding another ring because yeah. he's he's played in three world series he's won two so the guy's a winner it's not as if this guy's never been to that to the mountaintop he has and he was also a world series mvp he was the best player on the team who won the world series yeah. like if um, it was
1: barry and and barry wanted to make a move right. like that at the end then i'd understand a little bit more but like right. i said he doesn't need to so he's already a first battle hall of famer
0: yeah I, I haven't heard an official press release with his comments so i, I wonder if this was more about just comfort um, he is 41 years old. You know, him and his family have been living out on the West Coast for nine years now. And, and it's possible really. that he probably just wanted to stay on the West Coast while being able to compete for a championship. Um, but it's going to be limited opportunities for him. Like you said, they, the, the roster on the Dodgers is stacked. You know, like they don't really they they try. They had to move Jock Peterson because they can't find him enough at bats. Mm-hmm. And that was a dude who was an NL rookie of the year a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So. Pujols is just going to be a guiding force. And like you said, maybe add another ring and get a couple more home runs on the way. And ultimately, maybe he boosts his value to play one more year because he's already said he didn't plan on retiring this year. He plans on playing one more season. So maybe that's what he's looking to do as well. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, Also, some boxing news. Uh, I, Trip, you and I continue to say this, man. We know that some of y'all are spying on the show because we talk about things and then the news breaks within a week. It, It never fails, bro.
1: Absolutely. It never
0: fails. Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury, it's officially back on for August. This is a fight that's been rumored to, to be happening for over a year. Um, it's gotten so extensive to the point where Tyson Fury didn't even want to fight Deontay Wilder the third time. They made they put that one on hold so that they could make this fight. They were expecting it to be the biggest fight in the heavyweight division. Do you believe that we're actually going to get it this time?
1: I mean, they said August, but we've been told um, things before, and they did not come to pass. We literally were told last week that this fight was dead in the water. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to be sure until the both fighters are standing in the ring and the first punch is thrown. That's when I'll be sure that this fight is actually going to happen. Up until then, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't know, man. This this is not enough to make me believe it because it's not even like. They said, "All right, the fight's going down on such and such date." They gave like two different dates, maybe I think the seventh or the fourteenth of August. So I don't, I don't think so, bro. I don't know. I, I need more. I need more. I'm sorry. Did they show? The, they showing any signed contracts on either, either side?
0: Nothing yet. Okay. No signed contracts. Yeah. I'm not going to believe it till we get to, till we get to the week of the fight.
1: Yeah, I think then it hit me. And i be yeah. like, oh, you know what? They might actually get it. In. Right, because,
0: I mean, it, we, we're We going to know. First, we won't know the date is official until they actually start rolling out some promo for it. So if we start seeing some promo, then be like, all right, maybe it's, it's coming. But the week of the fight, that's when I'll believe, like, all right, it's officially happening. Um, only time will tell. It's unfortunate. And we were critical of it, you know, in, in previous conversations in terms of, like, you guys are doing a disservice to the division. You got to get it on at this point. If you if you two are not going to fight, then one of you need to be fighting uh, Deontay Wilder and the other one needs to be fighting Andy Ruiz, because it makes no sense that you're holding up the division for this unification that should have taken place already a year ago. The talk originally when Fury and Wilder went into their second fight was that the winner of that was going to ultimately fight Joshua to unify the division. That that fight was a year and a half ago. Why haven't you guys been able to at least work out terms of a contract yet?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, part of it is. The different divisions in boxing, like they like, it's not like you got the let's say you know you got the, the the AFC and the NFC and they're underneath the NFL. They're pretty much these are pretty much all separate entities. The WBO, the IBF, the WBC, they they don't they don't run as a collective unit. So nobody's on the other time because nobody's trying to give nobody the leg up. So when Fury has a WBC belt. And uh, Joshua has the, the remaining belts, you know they can kind of you know stagnate around. Then you got the promoter issues. There's, there's, there's just so much stopping this fight from actually happening, but you're, you're absolutely right. This fight should should have happened before. And once again, we're in a situation where we say it's, it's situations like these to where we look at boxing as a dying sport. This is why, because in the past since since the last fury wilder fight, we should have already had this fight, or if not the the trilogy of wilder uh fury because he still has the he has the the rematch clause, so we should have had one of these fights already, then we could have played round robin, everybody can fight everybody, and we can go from there, but now all right, so now we're dragging this out again, hopefully it's gonna be August. And then how long after that is it going to take to get the next big heavyweight fight? Because one of those guys has to fight uh, Deontay Wilder. Uh, he still has the rematch clause against Tyson Fury. So if Tyson Fury, let's just say Tyson Fury wins. Now, I'm sure Joshua has a rematch clause as well. So which one would we get first? Which one holds the higher obligation if Fury wins the fight? Is it is it Wilder's clause or is it joshua's clause to who has priority in the next fight
0: yeah it's gonna get it's gonna get super confusing because even recently after uh the ruiz fight eddie Renoso, the the trainer had said that they had already had conversations and it hasn't escalated more than conversations but they were already conversations between Wilder's camp and ruiz's camp about fighting because when, when ruiz won that was con- that was part of the title eliminator to kind of determine who the number one contender was. Because as you mentioned, with all these different uh, commissions, you know, IBF, WBA, WBO, it's tough to determine who the number one contender is based on which ranking. Which one are we going by? And so they created the title eliminator to get to that point. Ruiz and Wilder, they've at least already begun the negotiations or talks. I should say, not negotiations, but they've already begun the talks. Yeah. And so, like you said, if 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 Fury wins, does Wilder get a shot immediately? Do they have to wait now for Joshua to get his rematch? And if so, then does that mean that Wilder and Ruiz have to fight? Um, If Joshua wins, does he continue to duck Deontay Wilder? Let's call it what it is because that's what he's been doing. And now he has the perfect... Right. Does he duck him now? And does he fight Ruiz a third time? Because Ruiz gave him his shot... So at what point do you give Ruiz his shot back now? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it gets it gets super tricky all the way around. What I would love to see is those two guys that actually fight. Let Wilder and Ruiz fight. Wilder and Ruiz will determine who the number one contender is, and you go from there. Now, after Wilder and Ruiz fight and you have your number one contender, if you need to honor the, the rematch to Joshua, that's fine. But then that after that rematch, the winner of Wilder Ruiz has to get their shot. Yeah. Because, again, by the time that we get past this Joshua Fury fight and they determine when their next fight is going to be, it would have been two years since Deontay Wilder lost to Tyson Fury. Yeah. And whether you like Wilder or not, we got to call a spade a spade. That's nonsense that the guy has to wait now to get his opportunity to get his title back. He had to wait two years now while you guys figure it out. Yeah. Like, come on, you know, got to get a move on it. And it's got to be some sort of fights going on, man. You can't take the belts. And then not fight for over a year and a half. And then expect people to be excited when you do want to fight. Get it going. Yeah.
1: And especially when we just finished seeing this for 10 years with the Klitschko brothers. And even with that situation, I still was like, you know what? I I get it. These are two brothers. They don't want to get in the ring and fight each other. So even though I feel like, yeah, I wanted I wanted to see the action. Or maybe, maybe it's like, all right, so then look. If you guys aren't going to fight each other, then just give up the belts so somebody else can fight. But I got in that situation, I'm like, all right, you know what? I get it just because they're brothers. And at the end of the day, I feel like they were the two best in the heavyweight division, and I didn't think either one of them was going to lose during that time to another opponent because it just wasn't anyone left up until the, the later years of Klitschko when we saw the emergence of Fury, Joshua, and, and Deontay Wilder. But before, prior to that, you know, and so... We don't want to see another 10 years of ducking. And I'm not going to say ducking because because Ketchum brothers weren't ducking each other. But with Anthony Joshua, I feel like he's a ducker. So we don't want to see that for 10 years. The only good thing is as after this fight, the belts will be unified moving forward. So whoever wins, they're winning everything. You know what I mean? And then whoever, whatever fight comes after that. Well, if you win, you get everything. So that—that's I think that's the one good thing that'll come out of this. Since Deontay Wilder had to wait so long, at least you know when he does, because he will get a shot when he does. Listen, you now you're fighting for everything. It's even more. It's even more that you can
0: get. Yeah, that's a great point because Klitschko's kept it over there all that time, and then Joshua been running for the past few years. Let's get it on, man. Let's let give the people what they want to see. Unify the belts, or at least attempt to unify the belts. Get some fights going, man. I, I mean. Both these guys, Fury and Joshua, haven't fought in over a year. Get it going. Yeah. Get, get some action going, man. You know, y'all the biggest names right now in the division, along with Deontay Wilder. All
1: I like. I like guys... that 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 Wilder Ruiz fight though. I think that's. Oh, I be would love goodie. to see it. Yes, I would and, love to and, see it because neither one of those two guys, guys that want to get it fight. on. Yes.
0: Yeah, they want to get it on. You know, them dudes ain't going in there the pity pad all night. They looking yeah. to get it on.
1: I want to see a fight. You know, that, and that's what we need. We need see that at least one thing I will say about Deontay Wilder. Is he ain't scared to fight nobody? Like the man would have rather died in the ring than for for, for our good friend Mark Brill in the throwing the towel in that Tyson Fury fight. That's the kind of fighters you need. Obviously, you don't want to see nobody die in the ring, but that's what the, the mentality that you need. Guys have got to fight. I was talking to uh, my my cousin. Yesterday we were talking about um because we were talking about Mayweather and, and the greats before him in that division. We were talking about Roberto Duran, and he was like, "Yo, Roberto Duran got so many damn fights." And I said, "Yeah," because he was fighting six, seven times a year to start off his career. Guys wanted to fight; they wanted all the smoke. I mean, obviously, you had situations where you know certain guys you know evaded certain fighters, I don't want to say everybody was ducking, but certain guys didn't see certain guys, but for the most part, guys was getting in the ring, they was fighting, and that's why it was a thriving business, Liz, we should not be talking about boxing as a dying sport, if promoters get out of the way, if fighters get out of the way, and we just had the best fighters versus each other... No one would ever say that boxing is a dying sport because there have been so many fights over the past 10 years that would have done astronomical pay-per-view numbers had they just been booked.
0: Yeah, I I 1,000% agree. We've had the conversation before, and I'll say it again, man. Uh, There was a time when the sport of boxing was truly about who was the toughest, right? I'm tough, you tough, so we're going to get in the ring and we're going to see who really the man tonight. And then as much as I love him, Floyd Mayweather changed the game and not always in a good way, because you got a lot of these young fighters who want to be Floyd so bad that they don't want to fight. They just want to be strategic about their moves. You know, they want to, how can I become a brand? How can I become this, this millionaire off of fighting? And that's cool, but that's not what the sport is about. You know what I'm saying? The same way you don't go into the NFL thinking about only the money you're going to make, you're supposed to get there and try to be as great as you can possibly be too many too many of these boxes and it's i don't want to put all the blame on floyd cuz again i love floyd floyd is one of my favorite fighters of all time yeah but when you have all of these entities like we talked about wbo wbc all these when you hand a belt to a kid and a kid can hold on to that belt forever because he doesn't have to defend it against a champion in, in another um you know a division it's like what are we what are we really doing yeah you know what I'm saying? Billy, no disrespect, and just to use a recent fight, no disrespect to, to Billy Joe Saunders. He fought a great fight against Canelo. But when you looked at Canelo's resume and you looked at the type of guys Canelo been fighting, and you looked at Billy Joe Saunders' resume, anybody would have looked at him and be like, these are not the same type of fighters, bro. Like at all. what how are you holding that belt? Who you haven't fought one fighter that's of the, the calibre of anybody Canelo's for. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's easy to parade yourself around as a champion because you ain't got to worry about fighting nobody because that commission ain't making you do it. So we got to get back to the essence of the sport, man.
1: That's why I felt the way I felt about Joe Calzaghe. Because he held on for that belt for so long, and then you're going to fight a a, a way past the prime uh, Roy Jones and way past prime Bernard Hopkins that right. that pissed me off so much because you, you you stayed on the other side of the world until these guys were over the hill and they were done right and, and then and then and and you and we, we think we're supposed to give you you know some extra props for that no you don't get nothing you should have came if you had came over here earlier on we might have gave you some respect but a lot of that's what these fighters do they stay on the other side of the world they will not come over here and With- fight the best talent.
0: It it happens with the foreign fighters, but it's also happening with the American fighters now. You know, at you look at some of the the really talented divisions, right? The welterweight division gets a lot of the praise, but the lightweight division, there are a lot of really good fighters there. At what point we're, we're looking at a lightweight division that has guys like Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, but yet none of them have fought each other. Why is that? So what are we? Yeah, what like what are we doing? As at some point. If you're the this highly touted prospect and you're supposed to be the guy, you need to meet that other guy. You know, yeah. Ryan Garcia, I like his skill. I don't think he's of the caliber of Javante Davis. But Ryan Garcia recently was talking real greasy during not the, the most recent Canelo fight, his previous fight. Yeah, I I'm knocked I'm not Javante Davis out in two rounds talking real crazy. Javante put out the post and said, my people have sent your people to contract whenever you're ready. Now Ryan Garcia is taking a mental health break. Now he's not fighting now. He said he may not fight the rest of this year. So what happened all that talk, bro? Was just,
1: that was just it. It was talk, you know. This and, is and then Trump like you said,
0: right. And then yeah. like you said, then you get the promoters behind him. De La Hoya promotes Ryan Garcia. De La Hoya don't want to mess up his cash cow. He don't want to put him in there with a, with a beast like Javon. Not yet. Maybe maybe two years from now when Ryan Garcia gets a little more experience on his belt. But he knows he don't want to put him in a in ring with him right now. Of course not. So... It, there are a lot of obstacles. And like I said, as much as I love Floyd, the business side of it, he he showed a lot of great things with his business acumen. But now it's making other fighters think that they have that same level of business acumen and that they too smart to just get in the ring, yep. get in the ring, man. Let's go. Um, but we'll, we'll leave boxing right there. Trip, uh, you want to shout out the sponsors, man, before we wrap up?
1: Oh, absolutely. We got to do that because they've been rocking with us for so long. Uh, shout out to the Rosado Firm. Shout out to Kmart, Petro Home Services, and of course the good folks over at Soundview Liquors. We ain't got the ball right. I mean, we got our own personal. Eric, you be behind the ball sometimes. Sometimes we had a ball for shooting the shit, but we ain't been at the ball on the set like we usually do. But Soundview always holds us down. So big shout out to Soundview Liquors. Uh, while we're doing that, let me just really quick make sure you guys are following us on all our social media uh, Facebook.com forward slash Real Fans Real Talk. Instagram, Twitter, at Real Fan Talk. Make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash for the fans productions. Um, make sure also, you guys, if you are not in the New York City area, do not worry. If you can't watch us on Thursday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. on Verizon 43, you can still watch us from anywhere in the world right on the website, realfansrealtalk.com. Also, I, I mean, I know most of you guys are already, but we get new, new, uh, New new viewers every week So make sure you guys are subscribed to The Real Fans Real Talk podcast And the Sanchez Show podcast They're on all major streaming platforms And if you want to get grown and do some grown folk talk with us Subscribe to Shooting the Shit uh, podcast as well Once again that is on all major streaming platforms
0: Absolutely man So we're going to wrap up on that For myself Legend of Two Games And my brother Trip Young this is Real Fans Real Talk in collaboration with The Sanchez Show, and we out of here, man.
1: Peace. I'm focus. This is your African of Comedy, Michael Blackson. you watching Real Fans Real Talk. Get real with it, my son. Hey, uh huh. This is Real Fans you? Real Talk. talk. Fan. Real Fans Real Talk. We as real yeah, as you three. thought. Uh-huh. Real Fans